Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it! My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. Last night, the Indy City County Council took uh, initial steps to proceed with proposing a, what they call a, a quote-unquote fee for downtown residents to keep the city clean and safe and help homeless outreach. I'm going to raise my hand oh, yes. because I have a yes. question. Let me call on you. Yes, Mr. Hammer. So this fee in question, it's going to make people pay more money, correct? More money, yes, out of their paycheck. And year. this is something in addition to what's already happening, correct? Correct, yeah. So how is this not a tax? No, 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 no. It's, it's a fee. It's all in how you word it. Right, and I hear that. But everything that we're talking about here says this is an additional tax. You think if you're a citizen of, of downtown Indianapolis, you would think all that stuff we're talking about, keep it clean, safe, homeless outreach, that, that's already included in the deal if I'm living downtown and the taxes I'm paying. No, apparently not. No. Apparently, those those sweet COVID dollars are about to run out, and everybody is looking around at everybody else saying, oh, how do we keep downtown safe and clean and help with the homeless? Oh, I'll tell you what. We'll charge residents and businesses within the mile square a fee. It's like the Hogshead administration. You know, they allowed riots to destroy this city for two nights, Hammer. I think the city owes its residents one. You know, like I think I think the city owes its residents the promise of clean and safe without raising taxes or administering a, a yearly fee. And I have a question for the Indy Chamber of Commerce. In this last mayoral election, they endorsed Joe Hogsett. Now, I'm going to need some explanation here as to why they did that because I would think if I owned a business down here on Monument Circle, I'm seeing a lot more homeless. I'm seeing a lot more drug use and poop and crime. <laughs> I see a mayor that went missing during the riots that allowed multiple stores to have windows broken, some of them looted out. And now I'm being hit up with more money. I see businesses like Starbucks, very left-leaning, political-affiliated businesses like Starbucks, leaving downtown. Some places never opened back up, either from the riots or for COVID. But the Indy Chamber hitched their wagon to Joe Hogsett instead of another guy who, again, you guys know I was not a big fan of, but Jefferson Shreve is basically a self-made millionaire, like 500 times over. And the Indy Chamber said, you know what? We're going to go with the guy that left us high and dry, allowed businesses to be looted, closed everybody down, threatened to go full footloose on them, allows the vagrants to masturbate in front of the windows like Hello. they do here Whoa. at Monument Circle. And yes, I do have the proof of that. Why? 
That's my question. Why? And now you're expected to pay more for that same experience? Now, Hammer, they did have Spark on the circle all oh, summer long. Oh, okay. So Which the putting like. greens make it all okay. <laughs> I didn't mind it. I thought it made the circle look kind of cool. Right. But did it make us any more safe at night? Did it, like, that's that's what all this is. That's You know what? That's no more Spark on the circle if we don't have this fee. <laughs> I mean, look, I I'm in favor of cleaning up downtown more than anybody. Like everything that they want to accomplish, yes, I will stand up and applaud that. But shouldn't that be what our normal tax dollars are going for? You know what they did in California, San Francisco? They've got Joe Biden uh, playing grab ass with President G from China. They cleaned the homeless. Pro- I mean, they wiped the homeless off the streets, cleaned everything up, and they didn't spend an extra dime to do it. It can be done. They, California did not raise taxes. They did not initiate a fee. They came in there and used their existing budget. Now, it should be like that all the time. I don't know why it's not. Gavin Newsom embarrassed himself, I believe, by saying, well, you know, they're just saying uh, we're cleaned up because all these fancy leaders are coming in. Well, that's true because it's true. That's embarrassing. And it's embarrassing here in this city, too, to have to charge residents within a mile square an extra fee for safety and cleanliness. Right. Charging you extra. It already costs a lot to live downtown. Right. And I think we'll all agree, downtown has been on the decline the last couple of years, whether you're talking about the amount of crime, vagrants, aggressive panhandling, whatever you want to put into that category. It's been pretty rough. It's been a rough stretch for downtown Indianapolis. You've had multiple homicides in high-profile tourist areas. Remember when the Dutch soldiers came over, and they're enjoying a Saturday night in Indianapolis, and one of them was shot and killed in front of the Hampton Inn down here. We've had shootouts in front of Steak and Shake. We've had a number of things happen, and now the city's answer is, make business owners pay more for this. Now, there is a part of me, I'm not going to lie, Nige, that feels like, all right, if you're one of these businesses that supported Joe Hogsett, and you supported Ryan Mears, go ahead and pay more. You get what you vote for. Knock yourself out. But I know that's not everybody, and ultimately it's not fair. So, that's what's happening here. In terms of what's happening across our nation, let's take a step back Take a deep breath and check in <sighs> with wheeling, dealing, hair sniffing, kiss stealing Joe Biden. I got hairy legs. Happy birthday, dear Kajan, Kajan, Katanji drowned Jackson. <laughs> so Joe Biden hopped on those short little stairs that he uses to get on Air Force <laughs> One and. Flew out to California to meet with his boss, President Xi of China. (laughs) Quite the carbon footprint, first of all. It is, very much so. Mm -hmm. And oh, by the way, you were talking about Gavin Newsom trying to keep San Francisco safe. Yeah. According to KTVU, it's a Fox affiliate in San Francisco, a Czechoslovakian TV crew was robbed at gunpoint while covering the summit in San Francisco earlier today. So, Gavin can try to clean up San Francisco, but Frisco is going to do Frisco things. Uh, Before he left, 
he was at some climate change event, Joe Biden was, and he spoke about his expectations on his upcoming meeting with President Xi. To get back on a normal course of corresponding, being able to pick up a phone and talk to one another in the crisis, being able to make sure our military still have contact with one another. We can't take... As I told you, we're not trying to decouple from China. I wonder if he's going to maybe ask him about the Wuhan lab. Spy balloon. Hold hold you accountable for any sort of spying that may have gone on during the summer, the spy balloon. I don't think any of those things are going to get discussed. Now, Nigel, he doesn't want to decouple from China. Well, look, I I don't know that we need to absolutely decouple everything from China, but can we at least not like have all our prescription meds and and antibiotics and and chips for cars and things like that? Can we... I'd like to be self-sufficient in this country for the stuff that we need, because I couldn't find antibiotics for my kids uh, when they had both had strep throat last Christmas. At one point, this is still at the climate change event. He's wrapped up. He's walking off stage. But when he does that, the reporters still yell out questions. Mm -hmm. And not that I ever feel bad for them, but the Biden staff, imagine what they go through when they see Joe Biden stop and slowly turn around and respond angrily to one of the questions. One of the reporters asked him if he could address the hostage situation and maybe give them a message of hope. Here's what happened. Can you address the hostages directly and give them a message of hope and resilience in these challenges? Yes, I can. I've been talking with the people involved every single day. I believe it's going to happen, but I don't want to get into detail. So Joe Biden kind of give you that slow turn, raises his voice a little bit. It's about as angry as he can get, unless he blows out an O-ring or something. (laughs) Um, And of course, we got the usual talking points from this climate change event. You know, I've seen firsthand what the reports make clear, the devastating toll of climate change and its existential threat to all of us and is the ultimate threat to humanity, climate change. Read the room, right? What? Read the room. You're barely a month removed from a just horrific situation where thousands of people were executed at the hands of terrorists. Brutally executed. Slaughtered might be a more apropos There are still hostages out there. And you're going to sit there while you're One of your biggest allies deals with that and say climate change is the biggest problem that we have right now. So disgusting, this guy, I'm telling you. Um, Now, there was another event that Joe Biden did where he welcomed the Stanley Cup champions of the NHL to the White House, the Las Vegas Golden Knights. They won the Stanley Cup last year, hockey's biggest championship, and they got to see the White House. Take a listen to Biden here as he talks about <laughs> the captain of the Golden Knights, Mark Stone. I had a coach used to always say, Tubby Ramey said, you know, now just get up, get up. This guy gets up and goes, man. So I've got the official transcript here. Now, Allison, <laughs> you've got the official transcript in front of you. I want you to read this word for word, and then we're going to play the soundbite again. Great. Okay. <laughs> I had a coach who used to always say... Tubby Raymond, and he said, I, you know, just get up, get up. This guy gets up and goes, man. Now let's hear Joe Biden. I had a coach used to always say, Tubby Raymond said, 
You know, no, just get up. Get up. This guy gets up and goes, man. What does that mean? I have no idea what it means. <laughs> he got up and went. But what if I told you that wasn't even the weird part of welcoming the Stanley Cup champions to the White House? Listen to this. Joe Biden clearly has no idea what sport the Knights play, and he confused them with somebody who plays football against the Philadelphia Eagles. Just one promise. Don't get the Philadelphia Eagles to leave and go. Because <laughs> I'll get divorced if that happens. What the hell are you talking about? The Eagles moving to, what do you say, Vegas? What? I have no idea. He's looking at the hockey champions and says, do me a favor. Don't get the Eagles to go because I'll get divorced. What in the hell does that have to do with anything? <laughs> but it does bring us to an all-new segment here oh, on the no. Hammer and Nigel Show. Great moments in idiots mistakenly talking about the Eagles' history. The Eagles are so much better than the Eagles. <laughs> Great moments in idiots mistakenly talking about the Eagles' history. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Crime, punishment, judges, legal stuff. So this is on the heels of the Secret Service. Uh, Joe Biden carjacking story some some criminals tried to carjack some secret service vehicles that were uh, guarding joe biden's granddaughter secret service opened fire on these guys they missed they got away here's which the, is a shame and as i said yesterday and i will say it again every time a carjacker gets shot an <laughs> angel gets its wings well you'll like the ending of this story <laughs> a texas man is being called a hero after risking his life to rescue an injured police officer who had been shot in the leg it happened during a shootout triggered by a carjacking. Here is the Good Samaritan John Lally talking about saving the officer. I just kind of ran over there and I grabbed that guy with the other police officer and me and him together, we grabbed him by his vest and we dragged him behind the truck and I kind of tucked him underneath the truck so he wouldn't get shot again. It's usually the officers running towards danger here. We have the opposite. We have an officer down and uh, a Good Samaritan, a pedestrian, a bystander runs over to help bring the cop to safety. The officer is expecting to have a full recovery. The suspect died at the hospital. Yeah! All right! I like it when scumbags die. <laughs> that needs to be the next T-shirt we have at the Hammer and Nigel merch store. I like it when scumbags die. Here's another one. An Army vet out of Florida intervened during a carjacking attempt, was able to stop the suspect from escaping after pulling a pregnant woman out of her car. This scumbag carjacker was put a, put a gun in this pregnant woman's face trying to pull her out. Here is Shane Spicer talking about helping out, uh, helping to apprehend. And the actual carjacker. Just getting started with the day. Maybe been awake for 20, 25 minutes. <laughs> uh, I live about a mile from that Starbucks. I'm going to get you, buddy. <laughs> like, you're not going anywhere now. Like, you cross the line. I feel like if, if you got, like, the ability to watch out for someone that you should, you know, I would just hope to say that someone would do the same for my family. Yeah, that's pretty heavy. 
He said he'd only been awake for 20 minutes, and that's the first thing you do is go after a carjacker. People were injured because of the crash caused by the carjacker, but he's okay. Pregnant woman's okay. I don't know what happened to the carjacker in this case. Well, I hope he's dead. (laughs) I will see your carjacking stories, Nige, and I will raise you a lewd nude dude in the news. Here's another lewd nude dude in the news. Dateline, Wisconsin. Naked Wisconsin man arrested after lighting his car on fire. According to the criminal complaint filed yesterday, a neighbor called 911 when he saw a naked man out in his driveway lighting his own car on fire, and there were also burn marks in the driveway on the pavement. Uh, Let me guess, this man was completely sober. He was on magic mushrooms (laughs) and told police, quote, it was okay for him to be naked because he's an expert in magic. Ah. Has that okay. line ever worked for anybody? Like hey, it's, it's all know. right. I know I'm standing here with Big Jim and the twins out in the open, flippity flopping and butt. I'm an expert in magic. Next time you're ready to be romantic with Mrs. Nige, I want you to use that excuse. <laughs> Wait for her to come around like a corner of the house. I want you to be standing there <laughs> buck naked and say, it's okay. I'm an expert in magic. She would like scream, jump three feet off the ground and turn around and run away like she just saw a ghost. Uh, this guy has been charged with a number of things, including lewd behavior, drug trafficking, possession of drugs, and paraphernalia. This has been another lewd, nude, dude in the nude. You know these police officers, they heard the call come in, and they, you know, like, probably did rock, paper, scissors to try to figure out who was going to get after this guy. (laughs) Right. Wait. Wait a minute, God, a naked guy with, with with lighter fluid and and you know uh, just uh, he's doing mushrooms. Police officers just don't get paid nearly enough money no. to do this. But that it's, is a strong line. It's okay, I'm an expert in magic <laughs> because normally my go-to line when I'm buck naked is the juice is loose. <laughs> the juice is loose. Oh, Woo! But now is that a reference to OJ somehow? <laughs> uh, this was before OJ. OJ oh, owes a- me royalties. I don't think he's got the money, though. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, he's got the money. It's just in a protected pension where the Goldmans can't get get to it. But yeah, I I would say the, the rookie Wisconsin cops are put on these kinds of calls. Johnson, you've been only with us for a couple of weeks. <laughs> you get to go handle this guy. But sir, he's naked and he's got a car on fire. <laughs> yeah, he'll do that. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Yeah, I like this one. My man, entrepreneur, GOP presidential nominee Vivek Ramaswamy versus Fredo. Remember Fredo? Oh, yeah, Chris Cromo. Remember, he was the one in that little situation in the restaurant where he threatened to throw somebody down a flight of yeah. stairs for referring to him as Fredo. They referred to him as Fredo because his older brother was the governor of New York. And much like the godfather, the younger brother was the idiot, <laughs> and his name was Fredo. So that's a little backstory on who Chris Cuomo really is. And he's got a nightly show. He was um, unceremoniously uh, dismissed from his nightly gig at CNN. 
and now he's got a nightly gig on news. I think it's News, news Nation. Nation. Yes. And he was bounced at CNN, not just for having bad ratings, which he did have, but he was basically running cover for his brother. His yeah. brother, the love gov, if you will, had a few scandals going on, and good old Fredo refused to cover any of that, but certainly lifted him up on a pedestal when COVID was going on. Now, meanwhile, Vivek Ramaswamy's been on his FU tour <laughs> the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I think he knows he's not going to get the nomination, so he's just going balls out, and he doesn't give an F. And, you know, even those GOP debates last week, Hammer, he was on fire. If you missed it, this was last week where Vivek opened up the third GOP debate, his opening statement, by ripping on Ronna McDaniel, the head of the RNC, and then ripping the NBC moderators right to their face. And I think that we have to have accountability in our party. For that matter, Ron, if you want to come on stage tonight, you want to look the GOP voters in the eye and tell them you resign, I will turn over my, yield my time to you. And frankly, look, the people there are cheering for losing in the Republican Party. Think about who's moderating this debate. This should be Tucker Carlson Joe Rogan and Elon Musk, we'd have 10 times the viewership asking questions that GOP primary voters actually care about and bringing more people into our party. Do you think the Democrats, and we've got Kristen Welker here, do you think the Democrats would actually hire Greg Gutfeld to host a Democratic debate? They wouldn't do it. And so the fact of the matter is, I mean, Kristen, I'm going to use this time because it's actually about you and the media and the corrupt media establishment. Ask you the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that you pushed on this network for years. Was that real? or was that Hillary Clinton made up disinformation? Answer the question. Go. <laughs> Mr. Ross. <laughs> and she's just sitting there like kind of awkwardly smiling at him. Doesn't know what to say or do. Right. That was hilarious. What a complete dressing down. So that was last week. Let's go to last night where Chris Cuomo is going toe-to-toe with Vivek Ramaswamy. And, of course, Ramaswamy ties Fredo into the mess of the national media that's been lying to people for the last couple of years. Back to the matter is, Chris, my strategy is calling out the mainstream media like I did to Kristen Welker at the start of that debate. I asked her about the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, told her to look the audience in the eye and apologize to them. Just like I'll tell you, you're part of the mainstream media despite pretending like you're not. Look the audience in the eye and tell her the mainstream media for all that happened. I'm Absolutely part of the mainstream media. And you, and you, hey, listen. And you play the same listen, games that the rest you, of the mainstream you, you media does. Take care of You're your doing family? it tonight. That's You're, fine. You've been, you have been, you have been playing a game. Your you brother, think, you have been playing you, a game. I, you were kicked off cover for my brother. So the, <laughs> of course, I helped my brother. Yeah, and, of course and, I do. And you know what? That's been journalistic standards that have now been failed, not just by you, but by every member of the broken political media. So yes, it is going to take everyone in the media, and you want to look at everyone in the media is responsible for covering for my brother. See what I'm saying? You miss 90% of the media is colluding with respect to pushing one one answer on the American public for the origin of COVID-19 to the Hunter Biden laptop story to now which people they decide they want to put up as their puppets. I love it. 
I absolutely love it. I mean, Chris Cuomo was one of the worst, especially during COVID. Right. I mean, pushing, um, you know, the, the vaccine um, hesitancy. It's all your fault you didn't get vaccinated. You're why this country, uh, if you have questions about the lockdowns, lockdown protesters, uh, or having his brother on every night, uh, one of the ended up being one of the worst governors in states for COVID, and propping him up, like you said at the beginning of the segment. And Vivek calling him out is just, it's its hilarious. Now, yesterday, we had, as a guest on our program, uh, our pal Mock from the Chicks on the Right program. She has an opinion that Vivek is coming off a little, and I'm going to use her words, bitchy right now. That's right. I do <laughs> think there are some people that feel like, that is how Vivek is coming off right now. Personally, anytime you can tell Fredo to kick rocks right to his face, do it. Anytime you can rip NBC to their face, do it. And he's right about Ronna McDaniel. That's my opinion. But there are some people, Mock being one of them, that feels like he's coming off just a little whiny, a little bitchy, if you will. Yeah, um, I, I did not see that at all. I, I just saw him as just polished and articulate and just... I don't like I said. I don't think he's going to get the nomination at all. So he's just he's going to have fun till the end, and maybe I don't know. Maybe he'll get a cabinet position. He, I doubt he wants something like that. He's he's self-made millionaire several times over. But telling Chris Cuomo off like that, and then Chris Cuomo's going, yeah, that's right. I am the mainstream media. I am, I did cover for my brother. <laughs> well, that's great journalistic standards over there at CNN. Is that something to brag about? Yeah, yeah, we we are the Washington Generals. Yeah, we do lose every game. Isn't, we do stink. <laughs> isn't Chris Cuomo trying to rebrand himself? He is. He's trying to be like this straight-laced news guy at News Nation. And look, I like News Nation. You and I have each been on News Nation a couple of different times, Nige. But don't tell me that you're going to be fair and down the middle when you go out of your way to hire Fredo to be one of your nighttime hosts. And Vivek puts this tweet out after that interview. Quote, I get that Chris Cuomo was trying to rebrand himself as some neutral journalist, but I'll call a spade a spade. Chris and the rest of the establishment media have been force-feeding lies to the American people for years with the intent to divide us, and now they've picked their favorite Republican stooge, the people won't be fooled. That was a tweet from Vivek Ramaswamy. We are playing the feud, and we've got more than one, Nige. Did you see this? Senator Mark Wayne Mullen, Republican from Oklahoma, uh, yeah. he almost got into an actual fight, like fist fight, with the Teamsters president, Sean O'Brien. Listen to this. This was in a uh, Senate committee hearing. Bernie Sanders is the chair of this. And you're going to hear Senator Mullen and the Teamsters general president, Sean O'Brien, basically challenge each other. Pretends like he's self-made. What a clown. Fraud. Always has been. Always will be. This is the senator. Quit the tough guy act in these Senate hearings. You know where to find me. Any place, any time, cowboy. Sir, this is a time, this is a place. 
If you want to run your mouth, we can be two consenting adults. We can finish it here. Okay, that's fine. Perfect. You want to do it now? I'd love to do it right now. Well, stand your butt up then. You stand your butt up. Oh, hold on. Oh, hold, stop it. They both start they standing up. <laughs> no, no, sit down. No, you're a clown. Sit down. Okay. You know, you're a United States senator. Sit down. Oh, okay, okay. Sit down, please. All right. Can I respond? Hold it. Hold it. I will say some balls going after the head of the Teamsters like that. He did that back in the 60s and 70s. You find yourself swimming with the fishes the next day. Yeah, but that works two ways, too, though. I mean, he could easily get the Jimmy Hoffa treatment, too. So it kind of goes both ways. But a game that I normally play, I'm going to flip the script onto you, Nige. Are you okay with this? A sitting United States senator basically standing up, throwing up his hands, <laughs> saying, you want to throw. I need a little bit more context about what they were talking about. I think he had read some tweet that the Teamsters guy put out there. There's and, history. Uh, they, yeah. They've got bad blood. Right, right, right. Um, probably not. Probably not when you have a witness on the stand. I mean, not on the stand, but this was a committee hearing, right? Right. This is a help committee hearing with labor, education. Education, pension, and uh, probably not okay with something like that. No, Here's a little bit right. more. Then let's do this because I did challenge you and I accepted your challenge, and you went quiet. No, I didn't go quiet. I was. Oh, I was oh, no, no, you no, challenged no. me to a cage match, no, no, acting no. like a 12-year-old schoolyard bully. Excuse me. Hold it. No, excuse me. I, I will say. I will say exactly. Senator Mullen, I have the mic. You have questions on any economic issues, anything that's like, go for it. We're not here to talk about physical abuse. You brought. We're not talking in. about. Of course. And, like, and let me tell you, let me show you his hearing because I want to I want to expose this thug to who he is. <laughs> You're not pointing <laughs> me. That's disrespectful. All right. I don't care about respecting you at all. I, respect I don't respect you at all. So all right, hold let me hold <laughs> it. Awesome. This is a hearing to discuss economic issues, I mean, but we're not here to talk about fights. My youngest son, he's a sophomore in high school. He hates politics, hates all of it. Like when I come home and talk to him, he's like, yeah, I hate all of it. After hearing this, I get it. I understand. (laughs) I understand. I mean, this is such, you know, Bush League, fake tough guy fighting here. But if anything, it gives us an excuse for great moments in union leader history. Let's go back to 2016, the Democrat convention. Lee Saunders, who was the president of the American Federation of State, County, and Municipal Employees. He was on the stage, but is it just me, or does he sound exactly like Chris Farley's motivational speaker character? I am proud to be here representing the 1.6 million public service workers. I am 35 (laughs) years old, I am divorced, and I live in a van down by the river. That's identical. Right. Now, if you're saying to yourself, well, maybe he was just fired up. Maybe he doesn't sound like that all the time. Here's a little bit more of Lee Saunders, the head of uh, Ask Me, compared to Matt Foley, motivational speaker. We need a president who gets that, who understands that busting unions and cutting public services means that you're not going to amount (laughs) to jack squat. It's the same guy. I'm sorry, it's the same guy. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 
Governor Kathy Hochul. You remember this broad. <laughs> she was the one that said Jesus wanted you to get vaccinated for COVID. Remember That's that? Right. She That's had right. the necklace that said vaxxed. Uh, she has announced that the state of New York has started conducting what she's calling special media surveillance efforts to monitor hate speech. Also, we're very focused on the data we're collecting from surveillance efforts. What's being said on social media platforms? And we have launched an effort to be able to counter some of the negativity and reach out to people when we see hate speech being spoken about on on online platforms. Our media analysis, our social media analysis unit has ramped up its monitoring of sites to catch incitement to violence, direct threats to others. And all this is in response to our desire, our strong commitment to ensure that not only do New Yorkers be safe, but they also feel safe. This is starting to feel a little bit like the old Ministry of Truth thing that the Biden administration tried to roll out with that lunatic chick. Remember that? This is where they wanted to have some sort of government department that monitored what they thought were things that shouldn't be on social media. And then she mentioned something about, and then we'd reach out to you? to these right. people. I so mean, that's stuff they do over in England. People post on social media stuff they don't like, and police are knocking on their doors. Right. Because we all know where this ends, right? Like, they're going to position this as, well, if somebody's planning to shoot up a school, if somebody's planning to do a murder, absolutely, we want to intervene. But that's not what's going to happen here. You're going to get people with different political opinions. You're going to get concerned parents talking about going to school boards, and they're going to be labeled as terrorists because these people don't know where to stop. I'm going to tell you, it doesn't just happen with Democrats. Nikki Haley was on Fox News today, GOP uh, presidential nominee. Uh, Her assertion that allowing people to post on social media anonymously was a, quote, national security threat. She promised as president she'd force every person on social media to be verified by their name. So this isn't just a Democrat thing. And it's kind of scary. So, is it your birth name, or is it the name you identify as, Nikki? <laughs> yeah. Because right. what's Caitlyn Jenner's <laughs> going to say? Is it Bruce? Is it Caitlyn? Like, I don't know. Nikki Haley is interesting to me. Her poll numbers keep going up. She has decent debates. But, man, she's for this kind of stuff. Free, she's a war hawk. Free speech is not... Free speech includes anonymous speech, doesn't it? I mean, not threatening speech, not saying I'm going to blow up, not saying right, I'm going right. to come stab you. That doesn't—that's not what that means. But I mean, I think you could still be anonymous. That's unconstitutional, I would think. All the trolls would have nowhere else to go, and they would rally to destroy Nikki Haley. Because let's be honest, 99.9% of online trolls are fake accounts with a million numbers in the username, and it's either a fake profile picture. Or, and this is my favorite, the looking off in the distance, like you're the voice of reason, dork. <laughs> Those are all my favorite. The pensive. The very Avatar, pensive. Yeah. Yes. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it! New border numbers from October are pathetic. Almost 241,000 illegal immigrants encountered at the southern border. 
last month. That's the highest number ever recorded for that specific month, Hammer. I'm also reading that the CBP reporting that 13 Border Patrol arrests of people on the FBI terror watch list in October alone. That's not a fiscal year. This is in October alone. 13 Border Patrol arrests of FBI terror watch list suspects. 12 at the southern border and one at the northern border. And I do think that's interesting. We're focusing so much on the chaos at the southern border, which I think it warrants that. But don't forget, there's another way, you know, bad guys can come in to America. And these are only the people that we know about. 13 probably doesn't do the actual number justice of people that are on the terror watch list that have made it their way into this country. Who knows hell that, what they're planning, where they're at, and nobody knows who they are. Uh, that's called gotaways. But I promise you they're connecting somehow. They're finding a way, whether it's WhatsApp, whether it's some other form of social media communication, to find a way to get together and plan something bad. Right? I'm not trying to be hyperbole guy here, but I think you're being naive if you don't understand that there's a lot of bad actors in this country, and some of them have been here for a while. They hate everything about you, your family, and this country. They don't care if you donated to Black Lives Matter or if you didn't. You are an American, and they hate you. And there are some folks planning bad things in this country right now. Now, the reason that people are so upset, it doesn't have to be this way. We chose to open up the border. As we, a nation, we, <laughs> our elected officials, we elected officials that chose to open up the southern border because they were so power hungry. They wanted to try to turn all of these folks into future Democrat voters. They don't give a blue rat's backside about who is here what kind of plans they have, where they're at right now. Oh, please. They just want to give them a ballot. Yeah, exactly. He rolled out, Biden rolled out the red carpet for the illegals. As soon, as soon as he took office, got rid of, you know, did everything possible. Ending Title 42, got rid of the Remain in Mexico policy, was a huge deterrent. The Remain in Mexico policy, if you're trying to claim asylum, you got to wait until Mexico, you got to wait in Mexico before you cross. Biden got rid of that. That was a huge deterrent. Now, Nigel, he's got an app, okay? You need to calm down. There's an app that all of these illegals are supposed to use that's going to be a perfect way to get everybody to come back for their court appearance. Don't you understand that? See, I can't even say that without laughing, (laughs) right? That's how ridiculous this is. court appearances are for like four years. I'm looking at the numbers here. Over 44,000 migrants came through the U.S. port of entry under Biden administration's use of the CBP-1 app, which the administration has deemed a lawful pathway to citizenship in this country. And what we've heard about this app is they approve everyone. You don't have to fill it out all the way. You could probably type in on this app, if there were a place to do it, I wish to hurt people. (laughs) Ah, fine, go ahead. Come on in. (laughs) And we had the story yesterday, Donald Trump, 
he's campaigning on trying to round all these people up and send them back to where they came Mass from. Mass deportations is uh, the strategy that was leaked by the New York Times if President Trump is elected uh, for uh, in 2024. You've probably heard the commercials for Jim Banks running for the uh, Senate on this radio station. That's kind of his deal, too. You know, put me in the Senate and we will make sure to get enough votes to fix immigration and send people back where they came from if they're not doing things the legal way in this country. Or if they don't have a legitimate claim to asylum. I mean, I know there's economic migrants that are here illegally. That is not a legitimate claim to asylum. Because your country's an asshole that's crime-ridden, that is not a legitimate claim to for asylum. And the people who have came into this country illegally and paid oh, yeah. their dues and did everything right, they hate what's happening right now. They look at all these folks like cheaters. Right, the way baseball fans look at the Astros, the way football fans look at <laughs> Michigan right now, you guys are cheating. Yeah. We had to do things by the rule. Eight point two million illegal immigrants have crossed the border since Joe Biden took the oath of office. That is a monster number, and the president should be ashamed. Uh, DHS Secretary Mayorkas should be ashamed. Mayorkas should be impeached, but there's a lot of wishy-washy Republicans that are afraid to do it. Eight House Republicans sided with Democrats to kill off Marjorie Taylor Greene's resolution to impeach DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. They voted with the Democrats, eight Republicans, to kill MTG's resolution of impeachment of Mayorkas. Now, Bill Malugin, who's a reporter for Fox, he claims that he got a text message from a Republican who wished to remain anonymous, quote, impeachment of Mayorkas is literally the lowest hanging fruit <laughs> and we are effing it up. Some of these people want to have endless hearings and do nothing. I can't see how we can't deliver one yeah. damn win. It's embarrassing. And if you're wondering who those eight Republicans are, none of them are from Indiana, but they are Representative Ken Buck of Colorado, Daryl Issa of California, Tom McClintock of California, Patrick McHenry of North Carolina, John Duarte of California, Virginia Fox of North Carolina, Cliff Bentz of Oregon, and Mike Turner of Ohio, all voting with the Democrats to make sure Mayorkas keeps his job. That text message to Malugin is right. It's the lowest hanging fruit to get rid of this clown, but they can't even pull that off. Now, speaking of people that can't deliver big wins, ex-Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy He's still trying to figure out if he's going to run for re-election or not. But until he figures it out, he's been running to CNN because, ah. of course, he does. Ripping Matt Gates, ripping Nancy Mace. Here are his remarks to CNN's Manu Raju. Matt Gates, you've been mentioning a lot. How much would the Republican Party benefit if you were no longer a member of the House, in your opinion? Oh, tremendously. I mean, people have to earn the right to be here. And um, I just think from, I mean, he'll admit to you personally, is he doesn't have a conservative bent in his philosophy um, and just the nature of what he focuses on. 
do you think the House GOP should consider expelling him? Look, that, that's up to the conference. But I mean, I don't believe the conference will ever heal if there's no consequences for the action. What about them surprised you, Burchett and Mace? It just didn't. It seemed out of nature, but they, they seem to have changed during the time. They care a lot about press, not about policy. And so they, they seem to just want the press and the personality. Do you think Mace will have a difficult time winning re-election now? Yeah, I don't. Well, not because of this. I mean, if you've watched her, just her philosophy and the flip-flopping, um, I, yeah, I, I don't believe she wins re-election. Sounds like a lot of sour grapes there from Kevin McCarthy, former House Speaker, ousted by the Gang of Eight, which included Representative Gates. And it doesn't stop there. Now, this story today is kind of crazy. So there's an NPR reporter that was interviewing Representative Tim Burkett. And the representative claims that Kevin McCarthy and his entourage came by and they almost got into it. Like McCarthy elbowed him in the back (laughs) and kept going and his goon squad let him off. Here he is talking about the incident. Well, I was doing an interview um, with um, Claudia from NPR. Uh, a lovely lady, and when she was asking me a question, and, and at that time I uh, got elbowed in the back, and it kind of caught me off guard because it was a clean shot to the kidneys, and I turned back, and there was there was Kevin, and um, and I, I for a minute I was kind of what the heck just happened, and then I um, you know I, I chased after him. Of course, he's a as I've stated many times, he's a he's a bully with 17 million dollars in a security detail. You know, he's the type of guy that. You're a kid would throw a rock over the fence and run home and hide behind his mama's skirt, and he just, you know, he, he, uh, from behind that kind of stuff. It, you know, that's not the way we handle things in East Tennessee. We, we if we have a problem with somebody, I'm gonna look them in the eye. We're turning up the heat in Washington, man. We almost had a fight in a Senate hearing. We got, you know, House reps getting ready to throw hands here. Meanwhile. A big picture. It sounds kind of like chaos in the Republican Party right now. And they couldn't even get this impeachment thing done with Mayorkas to proceed with even talking about it because Democrats and Republicans, uh, because Republicans sided with Democrats to move on. Sounds a little dysfunctional to me. I don't know, Hammer. How could you go back and look at your constituents and say, I voted to keep Mayorkas? Yeah. How does that work? Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Emmer and Nigel presents... Is... It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Is this anything? All right, let's rock and roll. Hammer, how do we play? Is this anything? I am going to run a few different stories by you. You are going to break down all of the information that I have laid out, and you're going to give us a verdict. Is the story anything or not? It was recently a big celebration in Oregon. The community got together and celebrated Exploding Whale Day. (laughs) That's a real thing. Exploding Whale Day remembers a bizarre incident on a Florence beach where a stranded sperm whale was blown up 53 years ago. The footage of the incident gained 
major popularity on the internet in recent years, featuring chunks of blubber hitting people and destroying vehicles. Here are the people from the community discussing Exploding Whale Day. When it blew up, that was a smell beyond all description. We said, what do you want us to do while they're going to dispose of this whale at the coast? We want you to go down and cover. I said, really? And they said, they're going to use dynamite. I said, okay, we'll go. Mostly what we focus on is bringing the community in, education, and talking about history a little bit. You know, this is a very historical event. We want to make sure that the whale is remembered. They, they celebrate Exploding Whale Day every year in Oregon. Now, what they did, and I just posted the footage from 1970, with, I think, the reporter that was covering it, they had a stranded whale on the beach, a beached whale, right? And they, they said, how are we going to get rid of this thing? So they stuffed it full of explosives. Oh, no. <laughs> and people, like, gathered around, like, this was like a, a like it was a sporting event. They were all on the beach. Everybody was standing around watching this thing. It was like watching, a, I don't know, like a, a building being demolished or something like that. Here is the moment in 1970 when the whale exploded and then the hilarious news report afterwards. Listen to this. I just blew the whale up. Our camera stopped rolling immediately after the blast. The humor of the entire situation suddenly gave way to a run for survival as huge chunks of whale blubber fell everywhere. Pieces of meat passed high over our heads while others were falling at our feet. The dunes were rapidly evacuated as spectators escaped both the falling debris and the overwhelming smell. Everyone on the scene was covered with small particles of dead whale. Oh, no! <laughs> so this is something. I want to go to Exploding Whale Day. I want to go celebrate. It kind of sounded like what happened in WKRP when they did the turkey drop, yes, right? Yes, some, somewhat. This was supposed to be a fun promotion that the community can get behind. Yeah, that's exactly what this was, yeah. Next thing you know, the turkeys are hitting the ground like <laughs> sacks of wet cement. As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. <laughs> is this anything... There are rumors about Christmas tree shortages happening. And some Christmas tree farms have had to cancel uh, shipments of certain types of trees. Now, experts are citing various factors for that, but there should still be ample options available for Christmas tree shoppers nationwide. Here is Shamrock Christmas tree farm owner Joe Shipman talking about why they'll be closed this season. Our first trailer load of trees would come in. These bins would be full with trees, various sizes, and you can see there are no trees here. We didn't want to open just partial and have people come in and be disappointed. We felt the right decision was to close the farm this year, let the field get a little bit bigger, give us time to source some trees for next year. Yeah, I mean, it's something and it's nothing. Here's why it's something is because people uh, at these specific tree farms are, are out of work and aren't making money. But really, the reality is it has to do with the Canadian wildfires and droughts. And naturally, media outlets are looking to get everyone worked up about a shortage. But the truth is, you might need to go to a new place to get your tree in some small pockets of the country. But there's no, there's no national shortage. How many trees like, do you guys have up in the house? Many trees. When it's time to put all the, the decorations the, up. The, uh, we have two big ones. Okay. But but we also have, my wife bought like these two small ones that come in like, a, like those don't count really. Like they come in like a, like a flower pot almost. No. And they stay in like chest high. No, those, those don't, don't count. count. No. How about you? 
but not not real trees. That we're talking about real right, homegrown right. farms here. Right. Well, I've never had a real tree. I've always had the artificial ones. I think we have four. We have one in <laughs> living room, uh, bedroom, Jacob's room, and the extra room that used to be uh, Chris's room before he moved out. Okay. So we have four of them. And then outside, we have two Christmas trees that are like kind of part of the decoration scheme that we have going on, and they're tied down and all that kind of stuff. When do those usually get put up? Right well, after Thanksgiving? As soon as possible. Yeah. It's a little different this year because uh, Crystal's on the disabled list. Yeah, she's still laid up. So right. it, might it might be, be when one of these days coming up where it's going to be kind of nice, we might actually uh, do it then. Real quick before we hit a break, I want to go back to the exploding whale story. <laughs> uh, yeah. Vic Ferrari on the YouTube oh, chat Vic. says that the sound and the description of the exploding whale Sounded like my colonoscopy. <laughs> is, he, is he trying to make me throw up now? Thank you. Is that you. what Vic is trying to do? Because that's <laughs> disgusting. That's outrageous. Ridiculous and immature Vic Ferrari. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Starting to get some more details about what actually happened outside the Pacers Athletic Center with that shooting hammer. This uh, this idiot teenager, this 17-year-old thug, has been charged as an adult after he shot at a coach, his wife, and two kids who were leaving that basketball game at the Pacers Athletic Center there. It's, it's in Westfield, right? Right. This isn't so, at the field house. We're not talking about that. Right, this, is this is like a big center they have near Grand Park. Okay, kind of. so this is Hamilton County? Yes. I hope Greg Garrison throws the book and makes an example out of this kid. Well, once we start getting down to the charges here, I think you'll be very pleased at what the uh, former midday host of WIBC did here. Now, again, this 17-year-old was coming out of like one of these AAU basketball-type tournaments. That's what was going on there was a tournament. And according to the probable cause... He fired multiple shots, hitting a bunch of cars. There was nearly $1,000 worth of damage. And this lunatic had gotten into it with some of the teams who were playing in this tournament. And investigators were able to use video surveillance from the uh, Pacers Athletic Center in Westfield to identify who this moron is. And this is the chef's kiss. This is how dumb this kid is. They also matched up some of the photos from his social media to the weapon that was used at that shooting. Of course. Which tells you this dummy had weapon pictures on his social media. Uh, He was charged with three counts of attempted murder, three counts of criminal recklessness with a deadly weapon, three counts of pointing a firearm, dangerous possession of a firearm by a child, unlawful carrying of a gun, two counts of criminal mischief, and another misdemeanor of criminal mischief. Right. And it sounds like his parents or whoever's guardian, whoever is in charge of this kid, should be charged as well. How did this kid get this gun? Right. With you know what? And do the, are, the, are the parents a factor in this at all? I mean, you would think that you'd have to have some serious conversations with the parents because if he's posting nonsense pictures on social media, which according to the uh, probable cause, he was, and that's how they matched uh, the weapon. I was saying this kid and his dad uh, 
Police say the two claim that family members were getting into it with the son of the other team's coach. And then they tried to shoot at the coach as he walked with his family to his car in the parking lot. Well, just a kid, not they, but right now it's just a 17-year-old. They, meaning the family. But I I can't, but I didn't know the part about the coach and his wife and two kids. I thought it was just the coach. Yeah, he was firing at the coach and the family as they made their way to their car in the parking lot. And man, I've told you this before. The nonsense you see at these sporting events for kids, it's unbelievable. Whether it's AAU basketball, uh, peewee football, baseball, travel baseball. I mean, I have seen it with my own eyes. I have seen fights. I have seen racial slurs. Uh. I have seen officials beaten up by ridiculous parents, chased in the parking lot, fans brawl, all at kids' sporting events. So and, no wonder they're having trouble finding referees. And that's it. That is 100% it. Because no person in their right mind wants to deal with some lunatic, trash-ass parent who thinks little Johnny is going to be the next uh, LeBron James in a basketball game. Well, have you, okay, so have you ever seen gunplay at an event? Not at one of these types of events, but when I played ball as a kid, you know, you'd go down to the park and, you know, run courts and things like that. Yeah. Guns got pulled all the time. Shut up. You saw it. Oh, yeah. Multiple times. Yeah, at- I never saw anybody get shot, but I've seen guns get pulled out on people and pointed. This was at the courts. Now, this is years ago, like 1992, 93, playing basketball at the park in Beach Grove. You know, and they had two courts Man. going. Things get heated. Somebody pulls out a gat. Everybody kind of runs off. And then you reconvene later on and you play more ball. <laughs> you went back? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I I go to a basketball court, a gat gets pulled, I'm never going back. It was, you know, back in the day, man, it was kind of a common deal. Now, again, I never saw anybody get shot. I understand, but I mean, you know, pulling out, yeah, I, once you go gat, you never go back. <laughs> and I'm going to bet, man, like, because I'm 46, if you're around my age and you grew up, you know, playing basketball, like going down to the park, going down to the local courts, whatever it is, getting your run in, you've probably seen tons of fights or a weapon being pulled out at some point. And now it's happening at these kids organized, like sanctioned events, brawls, and in this case, attempted murder. Keeping it in the sports world, last night, I was watching the Monday Night Football game. It was the Broncos and the Bills, and I like to watch the Manning cast, Peyton and Eli kind of doing their show while the football game. I heard those haven't been getting as good as ratings as in previous years. True, and let's be honest, a lot of these primetime games this year have been total turds. Yeah. Like, the NFL's got a problem putting these turd games in primetime. And last night, the Bills are a popular team with a star player, but they were playing the Broncos, and it really wasn't that sexy of a matchup. But I'm watching Peyton and Eli, and they're doing the show. And finally, Peyton Manning talked about why he's never done a Manning cast on Monday Night Football where the Colts have been involved. Because they've been doing this for about three years now, I think. Maybe three years. And every time the Colts have been on Monday Night Football, I think it's only a couple... 
they haven't done a Manning cast for it. And if you watched last night, Peyton is clearly a Denver Broncos guy. He lives in Denver. His son is a Broncos fan. And when he's watching the game, he refers to the Broncos as we and us. (laughs) So I know that kind of breaks the hearts of Colts fans. It does. Oh, certainly. Yeah. But listen to this. The subject finally came up of why Peyton has never done a Manning cast when the Colts are involved. We haven't had a Colts game. For whatever reason, uh, I've wanted to do several Colts games, but you always have some kind of conflict. No, I can't do that. We, I can't do October 10th. I go to a, Blaming uh, Eli. Uh, uh, play pickleball or paddleball, whatever you guys <laughs> play up there in New York. I'd be weeing the Colts as well, but you refuse to do a game with the Colts. Yeah, all right. You got that off your chest? You believe that? Uh, yes. <laughs> I believe all of it. So Peyton blaming Eli, Eli for the reason why he doesn't do or hasn't done Colts games on the Manning he's, cast. He's up in New York playing pickleball. Do you think the Colts, knowing what we know now about Andrew Luck and what happened with his surprise retirement, would the Colts have been better off keeping Peyton Manning for another couple of years, especially after he goes to Denver and wins a second Super Bowl with another team? Plays in two Super Bowls, yes, wins one. Yes, yes. I mean, knowing what you know now, of course, but at the time, and it's unpopular to say this, but I think this is true, at the time, it was the right decision because all the scouts said Andrew Luck was the second coming of John Elway. Nobody had ever tested off the charts, you know, the way that Andrew Luck has, except for John Elway coming into the NFL. And he had success right away. Remember, he turned the Colts around quickly and won a playoff game. And then he started getting the hell beat out of him because the line wasn't very good. And then it turns out he just didn't like football much after that. (laughs) You don't surround me with people that are going to protect me, then I'm probably going to take $25 million of your money and call it quits. But then when they finally did, they drafted guys to protect him. Like the year that he quit was when they drafted Quentin Nelson up front. And he was like, you know what? I'd rather go snowboarding and do Andrew Luck (laughs) stuff and uh, screw you guys. I'm out. But uh, Peyton blaming Eli's schedule for the reason why. I don't believe a word of that. Peyton is still a little upset the Colts cut him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that still stings. Yeah, there's a little bit of, uh, and there's got to be satisfaction there. Peyton riding off into the sunset with his football career winning a Super Bowl, probably in spite of his play. Right. Uh, if you remember. Oh, he was along for the ride on that yeah. Super Bowl win. It was yeah, that Broncos yeah. defense for sure. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. The Hammer and Nigel Show. Do you suppose we'll meet any wild animals? Hey, baby, let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. The dingo ate your baby. And now Hammer and Nigel proudly presents. Damn, nature, you're scary. Lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. Speaking of lions, a huge lion escaped from a circus in Italy. Took a little stroll around town, Hammer. This is one of your fears. This is like one of the things, to quote Jesse Kelly, that freaks you out. (laughs) It took seven hours, but police were able to close in and then shoot it with a tranquilizer dart, and the lion was returned to its cage. Damn, nature, you scary. Yeah, I mean, 
look, you're walking around enjoying Italy. You're a tourist. And all of a sudden, you're being mauled by a lion. Yeah, of course, it's <laughs> the prospect to me is scary. That's a negative Yelp review. Yeah, yeah, zero Went stars. there to see the beautiful artwork, uh, to experience the amazing cuisine. Got mauled by a damn lion. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what was the story we had a couple of weeks ago? Where it was, was it a lion or maybe a, a bobcat or something was on the prowl? Scaring an entire town? Yeah. And it was like a mountain lion. A mountain lion or something like that. Yeah. And they you, never found it. I don't know. I don't know if they found it. There was like a mountain lion that was like hurting people and killing dogs in Colorado. And we talked about this, I think it was like a year ago. There was some crazy mountain man that went up on the mission to kill the mountain lion and he did it. And then people were giving him crap for it. <laughs> like this mountain lion was terrorizing oh, the community. Scaring people, scaring kids. And all the animal rights activists were probably like, you know, it should have been you that was dying. Right. The PETA people would rather have the guy laying dead in the street with like the claw marks all over his face and chest than hurt the mountain lion that was killing people's dogs and scratching and hissing at kids and old women in the neighborhood. So, hmm. what's going on with the Seinfeld reunion? Is this thing happening or not? Oh, I, Jerry Seinfeld said something, kind of alluded to it a couple of months ago, but like nobody else knows anything about it. Uh, Elaine Kramer George, Jason Alexander, um, said he didn't know anything about it. Um, quote, good for Jerry. I don't know anything about it. No one called me. Apparently, they don't need George, and they may not need Elaine, because Julia Louis-Dreyfus and I went, do you know anything about this? And we were like, no. We talked to Michael Richards, who played Kramer the other day. I don't think he knew anything about it either. So, it looks like either Jason Alexander, who played George, is trying to... It looks like he's trying to keep it a secret, or Jerry is prematurely teasing something without telling the rest of the cast of Seinfeld. I don't think this is anything, because we don't need to we, we don't need a, another Seinfeld reunion. It already kind of pseudo-happened in an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm, which was really, really funny. And and if something like that ever happened, like a reunion, and to not include George and Elaine, <laughs> that doesn't right. make any sense whatsoever. Now, there's some animosity, I feel like, between Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David, the creators of Seinfeld, because when they put out the uh, DVD box set, I remember, a long time ago, uh, none of the rest of the cast initially got any royalties or any benefits. Uh, from, from uh, you know, any profits from, uh, you know, and syndication as well. Oh, this wow. This is a huge syndication deal. I don't know. At first, they didn't get I think they worked it out. I think there was a threat of a lawsuit or something like that, or Jerry just came around and said, oh, okay, I'll give you a piece of pizza. But they weren't initially considered. It was just Larry and uh, Jerry. So, of all the characters on Seinfeld... Who was your favorite? Because for me, I'm a George guy. George was my favorite character on that show. Like, Jerry probably falls in at, like, at least number two, maybe number three. For me, it's George... Toss up between Kramer and Jerry. That's a good question. And then Elaine um, is my uh, number four seed. Kramer, probably my favorite character. Um, I could, you know, Jerry and George, whatever... 
Um, and then yeah, Elaine comes in for I think they're all fly. I still I still watch it. I still fall asleep to it. It's so my fall asleep to you know hit play all or uh, no, I don't have the DVD box set anymore. I used to hit play all on the DVD on the streaming. But, uh, but now it's now you can just hit you know play continuous and, and fall asleep to it and hit the sleep timer. Somebody has been doing videos on YouTube, and I don't know exactly who it is. I'd give them credit if I could remember where they're taking like parts of Donald Trump's speeches, actual speeches, not like AI stuff, and they're making it sound like it's the open of Seinfeld episodes. They want to ban straws. <laughs> Has anybody ever tried those paper straws? They're not working so good. Right? Has anybody ever tried, seriously, the new straws made out of paper, right? It disintegrates as you drink it. If you have a nice tie like this tie, this would have no chance. By the time you get finished, the straw is totally disintegrated. Does anybody walk around with a plastic straw? Because it's not bad. You know, you whip it out, boom, boom. You never had to do that. So they want to ban straws. They said, oh, really? What about the cart? What about the plate? What about the knives and the spoons that are plastic? Oh, they're okay. But the straws we got to ban. That's a total Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> opening, and he's right. the 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 wooden straws or whatever the the paper, the paper straws. straws awful disintegrate after thirty seconds. Had to put up with that crap when I went to Michigan this summer. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. And Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it! is very heartened to see 100,000 people descend upon the National Mall Park in Washington, D.C. for the March for Israel. All the mainstream corporate media has been showing you is these pro-Hamas, death-to-America demonstrations, pro-Palestinian demonstrations. But there have been a lot of of pro-Israel demonstrations as well, not only in this country, but across the world. And today, I mean, that was like, I mean, you know, that scene in Forrest Gump, right? Where he gets up and, you know, they're, they're at the na- the National Mall, the monuments in the background. I mean, it's 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 that kind of the crowd. It's it's a huge, gigantic uh, outpouring of support for Israel. And I like because I just am. I see CNN, I see MSNBC, and I see uh, everybody calling for a ceasefire, and we need to we need to have a ceasefire so we can let Hamas replenish their military goods. And it's it's we don't get this coverage. I mean, it's been on Fox News all day. I don't know about any of the other outlets, but a hundred thousand people they're saying in Washington D.C. for March for and it's a bipartisan thing. House Speaker Johnson was there. Uh, election denier Hakeem Jeffries was speaking, uh, and they all got they all got you know lots of applause and lots of encouragement, lots of um, support. The one thing I've noticed is that the pro-Israel crowd they're not scared. Like when all of these protests were scheduled on like Monument Circle, right? Before any of the 
pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas people arrived. Remember that one day, there were a number of folks out here that were pro-Israel. Oh, I was I was in Florida, but yeah, I kept checking, and it was a boss move by uh, the pro-Israel people to take over the actual monument. Yes, right? yes. Tony with Kennett the, was in that with day. The, with the steps, and they were standing above the people that want to kill them, basically. Because normally, when you see certain groups get motivated to rally, and go back to the summer of love in 2020 when it was BLM. You didn't see anybody else having counter rallies to that, right? You didn't see anybody else going, hey, where's the money at that we're donating to BLM? We want the money. That did not happen. And the only protests you saw besides BLM were uh, uh, anti-lockdown Hoosiers who just wanted to go back to work outside the governor's mansion, and he turned around and called them a Petri dish. Correct. That's the, that's the only thing you saw. But they weren't as boisterous, and they weren't as organized as the pro-Israel crowd. So it is kind of nice to see. They're not scared. They're not phased by what's happening on these college campuses or big cities. And they're not spraying graffiti and climbing the fence of the White House and and tearing down American flags and putting in Palestinian, you know, Palestinian flags in their place. Nobody graffitied on the Benjamin Franklin or Abraham Lincoln memorials today. Nobody did that. It has been a pretty well-organized, peaceful day. Now, it's not always the case when the other side gets together. There's fights, there's some graffiti, there's some damage of property, and maybe it's just a few knuckleheads creating a problem for everybody else. I don't know. But from the pictures that I've seen today and everything that I've been able to read online or watch on television myself, I didn't see anybody scaling fences or threatening death to America. We have an update, Nige, on a story that we had yesterday. So over the weekend, the UFC, Ultimate Fighting Championships, they had this big pay-per-view event in New York at Madison Square Garden. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and some of these spectators were the group of Donald Trump, Trump Jr., Tucker Carlson and Kid Rock. Dana White. And Dana White, the president of the UFC. Oh, when they walked out of the tunnel, that place went nuts. Is that like the uh, the uh, Mount Rushmore of MAGA? <laughs> Kid Rock, Tucker Carlson, Trump, Trump, and and Trump and Jr. Trump Jr. <laughs> <laughs> that very well may be the Mount Rushmore of MAGA. Well, Dana White uh, was doing a podcast today, and he talked about that moment where they all walked out. Because it sounds like Dana White was the one that originally put that video out on his personal social media of the rockin' crowd and the USA chant. American badass playing over the PA system. Kid Rock had to have just been like, I mean, your ego would just go through that roof, wouldn't it? Right. You're standing there next to the president. They're playing your song. It was a gigantic hit 20 years ago. (laughs) But still. So Dana White said that there was a sponsor that reached out to the UFC that demanded he take that video off of his social media. Really? Because they don't like Donald Trump, and they're a sponsor of the UFC. Let's hear how Dana White handled that situation. This this happened to me. I posted a video for Trump, right, mm-hmm. on my personal social media. And one of our big sponsors called and said, take that down. 
You know what I said? Go f*** yourself. You vote for whoever you want to vote for, and I'll vote for whoever I want to vote for. That's how this works. I don't even care who you're voting for. It's none of my f***ing business. F*** you. Don't ever f***ing call me and tell me who to vote for. It'll keep happening unless more people stand up for themselves. Yeah. And give them the f*** you response. Yeah, he's always Dana White has always had that attitude, whether it be you know putting on events during COVID or telling your sponsors to f off if you don't like it. Fine, we don't need you. We just signed a nine-figure deal with Bud Light. Maybe it was Bud Light that had a problem with about Trump. That. I was thinking about that, but uh, Bud Light's trying to claw their way back out from a hole, a deep hole that they dug. Hell, Bud Light's probably wanting yeah. to put Trump and Tucker on the can now. And that's what. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we screwed up with the Devin Mulvaney thing. Here's a new line of Tucker cans. And what'd you say? He's in Spain right now, Tucker Carlson? Yeah. So in Spain, they're having this uprising against like the socialist group. And Tucker's over there marching with the opposition leader, you know, the anti-socialist guy. And Tucker's like a rock star over there. Go through social media and check this out. And I'm I'm do- I'm going full crazy plane lady. Ready? Boy, I got my fingers here out. We, uh, here we go. I am telling you right now. Donald Trump is trying to kick the tires on Tucker Carlson. I'm not saying he's the favorite, but I'm seeing if there's something there about Trump considering Tucker to be the vice president. Boy, I, I, Tucker Carlson's so polarizing, especially to the left. He might be better off picking on picking up a guy like Tim Scott. But could Tucker be the guy that rallies all of the Republican Party together? Because think about what Tucker's numbers used to be. Huge. It's not just MAGA people that watch Tucker Carlson. It's the Kevin McCarthy people. It's the Marjorie Taylor Greens and everywhere and in between. Those were the people that watched Tucker. Could he be the one that brings everybody together? Again, I'm not saying he's the favorite because I don't think he is. But I do believe Donald Trump is kicking the tires a little bit to see if there's anything there. Are you really okay? Are you okay? Everything's going to be okay. Are you okay? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm pretty far from okay. Oh! Are you okay with this? On the Hammer and Nigel. All right, Hammer, there's this gospel singer. Her name is Bobby Storm, and she's facing social media backlash. She posted a video accusing Delta Airlines of being in the wrong when she announced to the passengers on her flight that she was going to start singing on the flight. Listen as the flight leader kindly asked her several times to take her seat and be quiet. She's resistant and intent on singing for the people around her. Here we go. Seatbelt signs off. It's not a disturbance. I am. Have a seat. Oh, I just found out. I'm up for two Grammys. My very first time, you guys. My name is Bobby Storm. I sing for the Lord, and my song is out. On all platforms, it's called We Can't Forget Them. I want to share this with you guys. I wanted to do it when I first got on the plane, but I haven't done this in a while, so. Are you going to be quiet? 
but they're enjoying it. So while we're sitting here, could I please? I'm not a flight attendant. So I'm asking you, can you be quiet? Okay, well, I'll sign that up. That's a yes or no answer, please. Am I going to go to jail if I don't? Can you please answer my question? Are you willing and able to be quiet right now? I'm doing what the Lord is telling me to do. I'm asking you a question, yes or no. I'm your flight leader. I need you to follow my instruction. Okay. My instructions for you to answer my question. Are you able to be quiet? What do you guys think? I'm asking you, ma'am. I'm asking you guys. If you're not able to, be, to follow my instruction, yeah. you will not be taking this flight. Ah, okay. Are you so that's able to be asking. quiet? If that's the case, then that's fine. All right. Thank All right. you. So I'll sing it on the low for you all in the band. Okay. So, singing on the flight. Actually, she does end up singing a lot of the song, like in a quieter voice. Are you okay with all of this? No, not at all. <laughs> I just got a text message from God himself. Oh, yeah, is that right? And even he says to sit down and shut up on the flight. <laughs> Listen, I don't care if you're singing for the Lord or if you're singing for Satan. If I'm on a flight, man, I just kind of want to be in peace for a little bit. Yeah. Maybe look at my phone with my earbuds on. That's it. Nobody wants to hear anybody the entire <laughs> flight. I don't care how good you are. Not not everybody's going to enjoy it, right? You could have Celine Dion and Bruno Mars on your flight. Not everybody's going to want to hear them for multiple hours. <laughs> so just sit down, shut up, and enjoy the flight. And here's the other thing that rubs me the wrong way. I just got the bad feeling she's doing all this for attention. She wanted well, to go viral. Of course. And the minute she gets a little bit of fame, she's going to ditch singing about the Lord, and she's going to be popping up in videos with Nicki Minaj <laughs> wearing Doritos and dental floss talking about tripping on crank. And that flight leader is my hero. He would have been my hero on that flight for telling her, look, sit down and be quiet. This is, this is not allowed on these flights. Yeah. Don't get... It, you know, no, and enough with the wacky announcers too. Like in terms of flight attendants on the right, plane, right? Enough with the jokes. I don't need frills. I don't need. I don't need entertainment in that area. I just need you to get me from A to B as quickly and quietly as possible, and as safely as possible. Now, let me ask you this, Nige, because I saw this movie before I came into work today. It was on TV as I was getting ready. Would you rather have this woman singing on the flight? The entire way, two to three hours in the air, or would you rather sit next to John Candy's character from Planes, <laughs> Trains, and Automobiles, where he takes off his shoe, takes off his sock, and says, boy, these dogs are barking. And then he won't shut up either. He talks your ear off. I'd much rather listen to John Candy. John Candy was a, ni- <laughs> he was a nice guy. He was annoying, but he was nice. This woman is a Bobby Storm who's up for a gospel Grammy or something. She's just, you're exact, you're, you hit the nail on the head. She's looking for social media. She's looking for sales of her album and her song. But she did not take her shoe and sock off. You're okay yeah, with that? I'm okay with that. All right. Certainly. All right. Are you okay with this? There was a wild ending to a Monday night football game. Um, well, that was last night. The Bills were uh, leading the Broncos 22-21. to 29 seconds remaining. Buffalo penalized for pass interference. That put Denver in field goal range. Here's what happened next. 41-yard drive for the win. Lutz. He will move the ball inside the 20 and it becomes a 36-yard game-winning field goal attempt by Will Lutz. Good snap, good hold, kick, perfect! And the Broncos have come to Buffalo and they're going to lead with a win. 
were texting me and Rob Kendall about this, saying it was a wild game. I haven't seen the ending of it. Was First of all, was the pass interference legit, and are you okay with the way this ended? Yeah. I mean, there wasn't a bad call. It was pass interference. Now, it's because the quarterback threw an underthrown ball, and the receiver trying to go back for it was basically tackled by the defender, but that's a flag. So, the kicker of the Broncos shanks a 41-yarder that would have won the game. Oh, you no. think it's over, but not so fast, my friends. 12 men on the field for the Bills, and the Oops. kicker gets a mulligan. They move it up five yards, and he hits the walk-off field goal. But the question I have is, when did Josh Allen start to stink because just a couple years ago he was in the conversation with the great quarterbacks in the league you know the Patrick Mahomes and at the time Tom Brady and these other guys all of a sudden Josh Allen looks like a bum (laughs) and I don't know what's happened to Buffalo but right now the Buffalo Bills and the Indianapolis Colts have the same record at five and five here's Dolly Parton announcing she's headed to Neyland Stadium to cheer on the University of Tennessee against the Georgia Bulldogs. Well, hello, it's Dolly, and I am so excited to join 101,000 of my friends in the best place for college football, Neyland Stadium. I'll see you there. Are you okay with Dolly uh, rooting uh, with your Tennessee volunteers? Vols by a million this Saturday. (laughs) If Dolly's in the joint, Vols by a million. And I'm telling you, as rough as Tennessee has looked at times this year... And they looked like crap this past weekend. A blowout loss at Missouri. I think they've got a puncher's chance against the best team in the country, Georgia. Whoa, why do you think that? Georgia's quarterback is not that good. Now, their defense, it's Georgia defense. It's going to be pretty solid. But this is like the one game Tennessee's been looking at on the calendar. You know, they're coming into your house. It's one of the most rowdy environments in all of college football. You heard Dolly right there. And it's going to be wild if Tennessee's offense can score at least – 35 points, they've got a shot to shock the world and beat Georgia. The question is, can Tennessee do that? And the other question I have is, does Dolly Parton buy multiple seats? Does she need to buy the seat to the right and to the left of her <laughs> so those big old cans of hers have wow. room to cheer on Rocky Top? One of the first boob jokes I've ever made as a human being involved Dolly Parton. I really didn't even know what it meant. Something about she gets black eyes when she goes jogging or something like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you're around our age, you grew up with Dolly Parton boob jokes. Here is uh, Lee Greenwood. Proud to be an American, right? Yes. Announcing he's retiring next year. It will be my last year to tour. We haven't figured that out yet. I don't know where the, the final performance will be. But this is not one of those farewell and then come back next year. Hey, I'm back. You know, uh, no, I'm I, as, as I just turned 81. This is a fact. Wow. My wife and I have been married 31 years. She has yet to have my total time. I, it's only fair, I think, that I back away at this point and have no distractions but her and I. 
and give these last few years that I will live to her and my two sons. Well, God bless the USA. Lee Greenwood retiring at 81. Are you okay with this? Yes, because I love what he said right there. This isn't going to be one of those, I'm retired and hey, I'm back. No, I'm going to hold him to that, right? Well, Good he is 81, him. too. I don't think there's a lot of time left. But that's for a the thing. Comeback. He's 81. I know. Look I how no good he yeah. looks at 81 compared to, it say, oh, I don't know, Joe <laughs> Biden. Like, look at Joe Biden next to Lee Greenwood side by side. One dude has got it together. He's still on the road. He's coherent. He doesn't crap his pants. He can get on an airplane without small stairs. And the other guy's the president of the United States. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there with a special guest on the hotline. Interesting evening last night at the Indianapolis City County Council meeting and here to talk about a fee, not a tax, but a fee for cleaning downtown Indianapolis. One of the few Republicans on the council, the minority whip, Paul Ane. Paul, how are you? I'm doing well, fellas. Thanks for having me on this afternoon. So, Paul, take me through what happened last night, because Nigel and I were talking about this yesterday, and it sounds like there's this plan, this proposal that was supposed to be brought forward last night about cleaning up Indianapolis, you know, taking care of the homeless, removing the poop from the streets, (laughs) making it safer, all things that are good. But ultimately, there was going to be a tax involved for those who own property within the mile square. Take me through exactly what this is and what happened last night. Yeah, sure. So last night, this uh, proposal was introduced to the council. It will be heard next week and ultimately voted on uh, in, in the December meeting of the council. But the General Assembly at the State House gave the city uh, the opportunity to ta- take a look and evaluate this as a potential tool in its toolbox to enact this, uh, what might be called a fee. And I would just tell your listeners that it may not rhyme with tax, but it still has the, the, the same three. <laughs> letters, you know, it's T-A-X or F-E-E, uh, and it is a tax. It absolutely is a tax uh, that would be instituted on those owners uh, downtown. And so um, we will see as we go through the committee process next week and as these conversations continue to happen, uh, but I, I find it very distasteful that this conversation began two days after municipal election and was disappointed that this was not debated and discussed uh, throughout the municipal election cycle as well as uh, throughout this this, uh, last year, particularly in the budgeting process. Now, Paul, I want to get into... You know, some of the questions we have about this here in just a moment and whether or not those questions were raised last night. But just so everybody's on the same page here, who would be taxed here and how much are we talking about? Well, it, it, it scales up as as the values, assessed values scale up. So I think the minimum is a $200 annual fee uh, for a property owner, and it scales up to something like $50,000, I think I read, uh, for those who own tremendous uh, valued assessed properties. Uh, and, and so the idea is the owner would be the one that would incur the annual fee. Uh, my argument is that as with anything in life, uh, th- that annual fee would be passed on 
uh, not to the owner, but to those uh, tenants who live in apartments and things downtown. So ultimately, I think that not only would uh, those who own the property have to pay the fee, but I think that would obviously get passed on to those probably, in many cases, who could not afford that extra fee. And we're talking about a specific area downtown, correct? So if yeah. somebody's listening and they live on the southwest side, if they live in Irvington, or if they live you know, in Speedway, this isn't affecting them. No, that's correct. It's just strictly in the Mile Square downtown. I think they call it the economic uh, downtown economic enhancement district. It's always fun when they throw. I always say the more words and something, the more you've got to watch it a little bit closer, if you know what I mean. Um, so it would not impact uh, the, the, the variety, the majority of folks in Indianapolis and Marion County, really just those in, in the downtown center, the heart of downtown, uh, but still something I think that all of those across Marion County, where you live in the south side of Prairie Township or up in the north side in Lawrence or Washington or Pike Township, something that we all should be taking a look at as it is our capital city. So if these services aren't approved, what goes away exactly? What services go away when we're talking about safety and cleanliness and then homeless outreach? Well, you know, a lot of the initiatives that we see downtown today are as a result of the American Rescue Plan and those dollars that the city received from, from the COVID yes. pandemic. And so the, the idea is uh, that, that a lot of the money through the American Rescue Plan is beginning to dry up. The period for us to be able to use those dollars is beginning to, to sunset. And so those dollars are going to expire. And so they need something to be able to supplement those dollars with and this new tool that the state House had given the city uh, would be able to, 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 to make up for that shortfall and provide for those dollars. Um, so homelessness, extra overtime for police officers, uh, the cleanliness operations. My argument is we just passed a 1.5, nearly $1.6 billion budget in November, pardon me, in September. And we need to be able to budget for these initiatives, be able to work with groups like Downtown Indy Inc. and come up with those dollars on our own, not pass a user yeah. fee to those who are really contributing to the revival, hopefully, of our downtown in a meaningful way. And the thing is, Counselor, like, Nige and I agree. We want a cleaner, safer downtown Indianapolis. But I thought our tax dollars were already going toward making that happen. And it's just a tough sell for people to say, if we don't tax you uh, a little bit more, then sorry about you. It's going to continue to be vagrants and, you know, violence. You know, fellas, downtown Indianapolis for many, many decades was known as one of the safest, cleanest, most beautiful downtowns in the nation. And I'm very proud of the downtown area and what all we've been able to accomplish over the last 40 or 50 years. Uh, but we did not gain national attention for a clean and safe downtown because of a user fee. We did it because we had the strategic plan in place. We had those in the philanthropic community, the business community, the civic community that got together, put a plan in action, and, and went to work. And I think that's exactly what we can do. We were able to do great things in our downtown area, reach great heights downtown. I think we can, t can continue to do so. I don't think we need to do it because we don't have a tax to put on those who live downtown and own downtown. I think we do it because we have a lack of leadership and a lack of vision. And so we're, we're, we're not addressing the, 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 the disease, if you will. We're just 
addressing the symptom, and I don't think that's going to work well. Chatting with Councillor Paul Ane from the Indianapolis City County Council. He represents District 23. He's the minority whip. Now, take me through what some of the issues were brought up last night, because when Nigel and I were on the radio yesterday, we kind of made it clear that in any other business, if you have a wish list for something you want to have happen and the money isn't there, you have to make cuts elsewhere. The question we brought forth yesterday on the air, Paul, was, okay, if you want to do this, this extra clean safety initiative, just make cuts somewhere else. I know how the government works. There's a lot of crap you could probably cut. Did that get brought up last night at all? No, no, it did, and, and I'll just walk you through the process. Uh, so this was just introduced last night, so uh, it was read into the record as something that would be brought up. It would be passed on to the Metropolitan Development Committee uh, for a hearing next week. That is really where the questions and the comments uh, will, will be raised. Okay. And ultimately, yeah. from that committee hearing, it will then be passed on to the full council. So didn't have a lot of conversation last night. That's not unusual. That's really part of the process of the council uh, is waiting for it to go to the committee to have those uh, discussions and conversations, as you two noted yesterday. But when it goes to the committee then, because again, respecting the process here, when it goes to the committee, will those types of issues be brought forth? Well, I think they should. I mean, this is something that that uh, happened two days after an election. And, uh, you know, I think the fact is, I think it's just very distasteful. I think we have at least seven new members of the city council coming on in January. And I think that this should be debated with the new councilors and those who are going to be leading our city for the next four years. So, yes, they will be raised. They will be debated. They will be asked. And ultimately, we'll just have to see uh, how the vote comes out that evening. Are they are the services working now in terms of, you know, because you said you mentioned the services, the cleaning, safety, homeless outreach, uh, and there's being paid for by the covid dollars that are running out. And uh, what I mean, do you feel like it's been working the past few years? Do you feel like um, things will get worse if this this tax does not get enacted? You know, I, I think that what we have seen with the American Rescue Plan dollars, with some of the cleanliness initiatives we've seen spark on the circle, which I know you guys are pretty close to in proximity, I do think that those have been positive. I don't think that they have made anything made things worse. Uh, but, you know, I do think that if there's not a strategic plan put back in place for the downtown Mile Square and there isn't some type of funding enacted, yes, I do think things could get, could get worse uh, in that geographic area downtown. But like I just said, the city council passed a nearly $1.6 billion budget back in October, and we should have been budgeting through this, looking at the dollars that are being spent uh, in city-county government today, and asking ourselves, where can the dollars be taken from to put into these type of initiatives for downtown? Councilor, last thing here before we let you go. What's your response to somebody that's listening to our conversation right now? Maybe they follow the news closely, Maybe they don't, uh, but they see what's happening in Indianapolis, and they're wondering, wait a minute, the city has money for Spark on the Circle. The city has money for a hotel. Apparently, we're getting in the hotel business here, but you're telling me that they have to raise my taxes for safety and cleanliness? What's your response to those people who have those questions? 
Well, my response is I hear you loud and clear. Uh, you know, we just came off an election cycle and had the opportunity to hear from many of my constituents and constituents across this city and county. And I think that the city of Indianapolis has to do for itself what it can do for itself. And I believe that the issues that we see downtown, whether it be in this new uh, t taxing district, if you will, or whether it be a little bit further out in the downtown area, we built downtown in a way that, that other cities across this country really envied Indianapolis for, for the Cinderella city of the Corn Belt to be able to, to make national prominence and be Indiana showplace. We were able to do it. And I, I think that the, my message to folks is we hear you loud and clear. We can do it again. We just have to get the right people in the right settings to be able to make this city thrive once again. But I hear you loud and clear, and I will not be supporting this tax downtown. Indianapolis City County Council Member Paul Ane, District 23. He is the minority whip. Councilor, thank you so much for taking the time to join us here. Thank you guys for bringing light to a very important issue. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. There's a new study that finds that pets don't actually make us happier. I don't know this, about that. This, this study says that in reality, pets don't actually make us happy. I don't know. I saw that picture of your wife with your new kitty cat on the couch the other night. She definitely looked like, uh, what's Oreo? Yes. Is Oreo's name? Oreo is the name, yep. Looked like Oreo was making her pretty happy. Yeah, yeah. It's very comforting to her right now. And it's just a little bitty fart, man. This little bitty kitten <laughs> that uh, she just absolutely loves. So, yeah, I don't buy this report that pets don't make us happy. Well, here's just a little more information on the study. A new study finds that pets don't actually make us happier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the study also found that online shopping is just a fad. They also found that pizza is not a delicious go-to food, and okay. Taylor Swift is just a flash in the pan. So pay attention to this one study that says pets don't really bring humans happiness or improve their well-being. Oh, and uh, artificial <laughs> intelligence isn't changing the way we do things. <laughs> you got a little more details on that uh, report that says that pets don't make us happier. I don't know. The one we have, uh, Gary, our black cat, kind of just annoys me. Kids love him. Gary makes the kids very happy. Well, see, there you go. There you go. You know, I'll just sit, but it's so weird. Like, I'll just sit around on football Sunday, and I'm watching the Colts, and all Gary does is make laps around the house and just meows the entire time. Meow. Meow. Does he ever attack you? Meow. He, um, he attacks um, the things that aren't there. Like, he chases his shadow, his tail. <laughs> So it's like a little Joe Biden. <laughs> right. a little, little furry, energetic Joe Biden. 